I will speak to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good evening. What a joy it is to finally arrive at this wonderful day. Not just a wonderful day for Sarah and for her family, but for this parish, for our diocese, and for the entire church Catholic. Little C, that is. On this day, God is raising up for us a new priest to be a shepherd for God's people and to spread Christ's good news to a world that desperately needs it. For brothers and sisters, Jesus' word that we just heard read from the Gospel of Matthew, I fully believe still ring just as true today as they did 2,000 years ago. The harvest is indeed plentiful and the laborers continue to be few. This evening, one of the hardest workers I know in the church is about to be ordained a priest and set loose to go even deeper into the Lord's harvest, to go tell people about Jesus and the amazing grace Jesus continues to offer freely to anyone who will receive it and follow after him. Sarah, God knows that you have already been working awful hard out there in the field for a good long time. Amen. This evening, the Lord of the harvest will set before you a new set of age-old tools to aid you in working even harder and gathering up all the souls you can from the Lord's vineyard. All of us gathered here to witness and celebrate your ordination this evening know that the road you've been on to arrive here tonight has had more than its fair share of unexpected detours, curves, and traffic jams. Not only for you, but for Steve and for your girls. But we also know that no matter what that road threw at you, you and your family have never stopped moving forward. You've never let the hard bumps and the potholes on the road, and there have been a few, distract you fully from God's continued call to you to be a laborer and a harvester for Christ. And with the help and support of those who are sitting around you right now, here on earth, and those who are with you tonight in heaven, and along with the constant prayers that have been offered up for you from so many friends, colleagues, and your church family, you have made it to this day to fulfill your calling to this sacred and holy vocation. Sarah, I am personally overjoyed and honored to get to be the rector who will now work alongside you in what I know will be a very bountiful first season of your priestly ministry. And of all this, we certainly have reason for a joyful celebration this evening. But I think you know that with the descent of the Holy Spirit and the vows you will make this evening, Come tomorrow, there's going to be a whole new road set out before you, a new pathway different from the last to set out on in your journey serving and following Jesus Christ. As much as we clergy always hope that on the day after that wonderful ordination day that the next leg of the journey might at least be a little easier than what we just made it through, I think you already know, Sarah, that's not going to be the case. In fact, on this new path, there is the potential for just as many, if not more, 
detours and curves and traffic jams and possibly even a crash or two along the way. For to be a priest serving the church in the world today, I think all of us will say, can seem to us often as if our vocation is only getting more and more difficult by the minute. The realm of the spiritual and the heavenly is perhaps more challenging to proclaim, to accept, and to believe than in any other time in history. Even in the midst of the faithful gathered here in the church, the message we proclaim is becoming harder and harder to set hearts and minds to completely and fully. We proclaim every Sunday that we believe in a loving God, a God who offers forgiveness to the penitent for all their sins and all their failures and who paid fully sin's ransom in the blood of His only begotten Son in order to ensure that death has no dominion over God's children. We say all that. But if most of us were honest, when the rubber hits the rocky road of life in this 21st century, even the most dedicated church attendee can find themselves struggling to explain and really identify just where faith really intersects with their regular, everyday experiences. And not only is our job to be physicians for those souls of God's faithful in the church, we clergy today also have the task to share that same God's news beyond the church as well. Outside in the world, there is a vastly expanding secular culture that is less and less interested in religion and faith. It is a world where God's blessings given to us of technology, of human ingenuity, of medicine and science have convinced the vast majority of us that we now know better. That as human beings, we have as good a chance as ever before to sort out all of life's struggles and trials ourselves with only our own rational minds we need to be depending upon. The harvest today requires real competition between the faith of Jesus Christ offered by the church for a life eternal over and against the new secular religions of wealth and success and politics and sports and entertainment, which promise a gratification that is instant, if always only temporary and fleeting. To even talk about faith in something that is unseen and spiritual and ethereal in an age where there is nothing that we believe we can't look up and download through our smartphones presents a level of challenge that God's laborers have perhaps never had to face before. No, the road, Sarah, that you're about to set on, just yourself out on, is not going to be easy. But that's exactly why that I believe this church can celebrate this evening when it is receiving a laborer with the experience and deep faith of Sarah Minton. Because really, if we clergy think what we are trying to do is difficult, we are to try to do what the youth ministers have to do today. Can I get an amen? amen? I knew it. Sarah was working the harvest in that tough field of youth ministry long before ever God called her to put a priest collar around her neck. If anyone knows about the challenges and the trials of ministry right here and right now, I am fully assured it is the priest who we are about to ordain in this church tonight. The reading, brothers and sisters, from the prophet Isaiah, I believe, fits quite perfectly with where we are standing as a joyous church in the right here and the right now. 
Let's not forget that the prophet Isaiah was living in a frightening time of his own. In the year 2040 BCE, the great Assyrian army, which would first go into service with Judah to fend off an invasion by the by Israel and by Syria would, as Isaiah would soon prophesy, eventually decide to overwhelm and overtake both Israel and Isaiah and all of the Middle Eastern world. In the year that King Uzziah died, God was looking for a new laborer who could be the prophet to go preach to Judah and to turn their trust away from the power and promise of earthly kings and armies and back again to God alone. God chooses Isaiah And in that amazing vision we heard read this evening, Isaiah sees the earthly temple in Jerusalem intersected with the spiritual temple of God's throne in heaven, where the six-winged seraphim praise God with holy voices that shake the very thresholds of the heavens and the earth. Isaiah in that moment realizes that he's in the holy of holies and that just like all the other people of Judah, he himself is a sinner And he's unfit in the presence of God, much less to open his lips in praise with the seraphim. It is in that moment of humility that a seraph takes a tongue and removes a searing hot coal from the thurible that fills the Holy of Holies with great smoke and incense. The seraph takes that live coal and touches the mouth of Isaiah. And in Isaiah's humility and honesty before God, the Bible says his sin is blotted out. And for the first time, he can fully answer God's calling. God says, who will go for us? Whom shall I send? And thanks be to God, Isaiah says, in the face of the great challenges and tremendous spiritual decline of his own time, here I am, send me, Lord. Sarah, God has called you to go out into a vineyard of equally tremendous challenge and struggle. But just like the prophet Isaiah, if you continue to be humble before God and before God's people, if you trust that God has and will continue always to replenish you and blot out any failures or mistakes you might make, if you will follow God completely and fully, then God will give you all the strength you need to continue always saying, Lord, send me on this road that you've set before us. Sarah, will you and Steve and Nora and Leah and Hannah and Catherine please stand? I hate to leave these two guys standing down, sitting us here, but one of the, all, both of you stand too. Let's just let's just even it out, guys. Come on up, stand. Here we go. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul, first given to the saints in that wonderful church in Philippi. And now, I believe, given to you and to this family. The Apostle Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near, so do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, 
If there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I think especially for you, newest priest of Christ church, you keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen, and the God of peace will be with you. May God bless you, and may God bless your ministry as peace and as priest and pastor in our branch of God's one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.